listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope everybody is happy with how the rest of their team's draft went. Uh, Last time we were joined together, Dan and I gave our instant reaction to rounds one through three of the NFL draft late Friday night into early Saturday morning. So today you're going to be joined by your host, Bob. I'm flying solo today. Dan's got some travel, but didn't want to not record an episode. And so in this episode... Uh, I'm going to give you not only just some important news and notes that has happened since the last time we spoke, but I'm actually going to go back and revisit my rankings, and I'm giving the top five rookie dynasty rankings for the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. And then because the rookies are finally available and we know what teams they're on, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick 10-team PPR draft. And just get some insight on where I'm thinking uh, as far as my draft positions are concerned, where I'm taking the rookies, uh, just overall where my head's at right now with drafts. I think it's a good time to go ahead and visit and redo a draft since it's been a while since either Dan or I have done that. So as I said, there's been some important news since the last time we spoke, and I'm going to go ahead and go through that because it's going to come into play when I actually go through my top five dynasty rankings for each position. And this one was tough because this just came out yesterday as I'm recording on Thursday, May 2nd. Um, I saw that Isaiah Crowell of the Oakland Raiders suffered a torn Achilles on Tuesday and will miss the entire 2019 season. Now the team has re-signed Doug Martin, who should assist with rookie Josh Jacobs. Uh, There's still Jalen Richard in passing down role and DeAndre Washington, Chris Warren waiting in the wings as far as running backs are concerned. But as you're going to hear, I'm very high on Josh Jacobs, not only where he landed at originally. I know he was my number one overall rookie pick when Dan and I last spoke. But this only adds fuel to the fire. I think he's by far and away the number one rookie if you're doing rookie-only dynasty drafts coming up anytime soon. Um, And I'm going to go into more detail about why I like Josh Jacobs later on. Then moving to the tight end position, Kyle Rudolph, ESPN's Courtney Cronin reports that the Vikings fielded trade calls on Kyle Rudolph before and during the draft. Now, the team is extremely tight with their cap situation, and this year, Kyle Rudolph counts as a little over six and a half, or I'm sorry, seven and a half million against the cap. This number can be removed from the cap by getting rid of him. So if they decide to go that route, that makes Irv Smith extremely valuable, their rookie tight end. And like I said, we will talk about him a little bit later as we go through the top five dynasty rookie rankings. And then there's been breaking news, it seems like left and right coming out about this guy. Uh, One of my favorite wide receivers as I uh, got into um, fantasy football, and that's Doug Baldwin. NFL's Network's Mike Garofalo reports that an official announcement on Doug Baldwin's retirement is unlikely anytime soon, and that's because of salary cap reasons. Baldwin could lose a couple million dollars off his signing bonus if he officially retires. So, I mean, if you're just looking at monetary reasons alone, he's better off just waiting for the Seahawks to release him. Uh, Garofalo firmly believes the 30-year-old wideout has played his final down, and if you just read anything coming out from the Seahawks camp, they really make it sound like they're thinking he's done as well. And like I said, he's had three excellent years, and you thought, man, this guy's going to be a stalwart for years to come. And then the injuries have just really taken its toll on Doug Baldwin. It's a shame, but you know, I'd rather somebody leave with their health still intact instead of playing a game of when's going to be the last major injury that could provide long-term impacts to somebody. So... Uh, this is Doug Baldwin's last down uh, and last season in the NFL. Congrats, Doug. I think you had a great career. I believe you're top three in the Seahawks wide receivers rankings. Um, in that short amount of time, an undrafted rookie uh, coming out of college at Stanford uh, really became Russell Wilson's go-to guy and one of the better uh, slot wide receivers in the league. So, Doug, uh, good luck to you in your future if you're done. And thanks for all the great memories because uh, that tear you went on about three seasons ago in the back half of the season was one to remember for sure. 
And this is going to tie into my discussion when we talk about DK Metcalf, uh, because Seattle invested in the second round on this guy, and looks like he could have a real clear path to produce, even though there are some that discount his skill set. Opportunity is almost as important, if not more, than skill set. So it could be a clear path for DK Metcalf. So like I said, just wanted to dive into some uh, news and notes before we go into the meat of the show. And let's go ahead and revisit, now that I've had a few days to really formulate my opinion, and talk about the Dynasty Rookie Top 5 for each position. Before I go ahead and dive into the rankings, just wanted to provide some insight on some resources that I used when gathering information. And it really helped formulate my ideas of how I would rank players alongside of just my general thoughts on where their landing spots were. So on NFL.com, they have a draft tracker for all their prospects going into the draft and combine, etc. This gives a great resource where I could gather notes, strengths, and weaknesses. So when I talk over the strengths and weaknesses, they come from that uh, website resource that I'm using. And like I said, I really used this and leaned on this to formulate my top five at each position. So let's go into the quarterbacks. And number one, it's pretty obvious. It's Kyler Murray. Round one, pick one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Quick notes, he's got a clear path to start day one in an offense that will be built around him with a coach that has been a fan of his for years now. I think the team did a good job of getting young and building young weapons around him so that the entire unit can grow for years to come. So... They are committed to building and providing him weapons to be successful not only year one, but as he continues to grow as an NFL quarterback. So some of the strengths that were listed on the NFL website. He never seems to get rattled or overwhelmed. He's a plus runner and passer. He's a true dual threat quarterback. Quick with smooth follow through for easy 50-yard throws and rhythm. Uncommon ability to extend plays and make back-breaking throws. You know, if you factor in the height, I know the comparison's been made, but a lot of that sounds like what you're getting from Russell Wilson in Seattle right now. So uh, there's the comparison that has been thrown out. Now, his weaknesses, I only had two that I picked through the list, and one's the obvious one. Concerns with durability due to size and playing style, and short with smallish frame. We've seen over the years that smaller quarterbacks can be successful in this league with Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Kingsbury is going to build an offense around him that will highlight his strengths and hide the weaknesses, which is the size. So right now I have no concerns. I could see him being a top 15 type of quarterback with room to even grow higher than that, depending on how this offense looks in not only Dynasty but Redraft League. So he's a guy that could be one of those first waiver pickups if you're in 10-team leagues that only need one quarterback. If this guy gets hot, almost like Mahomes did, he might be that week one pickup to just say, okay, let's see how this one goes. Number two, I've got Dwayne Haskins, round one, pick 15 to the Washington Redskins. He only has to fend off Case Keenum to get a path to the starting job. Should be able to win that out. Case Keenum, outside of that one year in Minnesota, has been replaceable at best. He has a definite chip on his shoulder with his draft quote-unquote slide. And last, last his last season, excuse me, with the Ohio State Buckeyes, 50 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and 14 starts last year. So that's a massive total as far as the touchdowns are concerned with keeping the interceptions down. Here's some of his strengths. He's groomed for this moment since he was young. He's confident to take chances and complete game-changing throws. Has a deep ball arm to wait out coverage and hit the fastest targets right in stride. He's willing to stand in and take the hit to deliver the ball. Now, some of his weaknesses, he's got a small list of successful quarterbacks with so few career starts. So is it that small amount of experience in college going to be beneficial or hurt him? NFL's draft prospect review seems to think it could hurt him. He's still learning to attack zone coverage. Accuracy on the move is below average. So he's a true pocket passer. If you get him on the move, you will have some success as a defense. Number three, I've got Drew Locke, round two, pick 10 for the Denver Broncos. Joe Flacco honestly proved to be a shell of himself since his magical Super Bowl run, however many years ago. So he bet on himself, it paid off, but ever since then, it's been mediocre at best for Joe Flacco. Injuries and just having Joe Flacco may not stop Locke from starting in year one. So Joe might not be the healthiest guy, and if he's not playing up to snuff, they could turn to the rookie and see what he's got immediately. 
He has the seasoning and experience playing in the SEC as a four-year starter. So here are some of his strengths. Prototypical combination of size and arm talent. Exceptionally quick ball handler with sudden release. Rarely lingers on primary targets, preventing defenders from getting early jumps. And he's got a low sack total due to mobility and feel for edge pressure. His weaknesses, frustrating inconsistencies with accuracy and touch. He leaves the ball behind his targets on crossers and slants. Production falls off a cliff when forced to move his feet. So almost similar to Haskins, if you make a move, his accuracy and production can go down. At number four in my dynasty quarterback rankings, I've got Daniel Jones, round one, pick six for the New York Giants. Now, while we all thought that the Giants would come in to the draft looking to draft a quarterback early, I think the surprise was that it was Daniel Jones. But that investment tells you what Gettleman believes he has in Daniel Jones. I think he would do well to sit behind Eli for a year before taking over. He does have some favorable weapons, even though they got rid of Odell Beckham to help his growing process with uh, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. So if he's forced into action early, I mean, he does have a pretty good group of weapons to help that growing process. Now, his strengths are that he benefited from working under quarterback guru David Cutcliffe at Duke, and there's that obvious tie to the Manning family right there. He's able to adjust pre-snap to pick up blitz and exploit hot read opportunities. He has the courage to hang in the pocket and throw despite impending blow coming. He's a good athlete with scrambling ability to move the chains. Weaknesses are that he is average release speed slowed by small windup. He does have a sh- uh, willingness to throw it up for grabs rather than take a sack. Um, so there are some concerns about his uh, ability to get it out during an impending rush. So could be some concerns with turn- turnovers due to that, tip passes, things of that nature. So some things to watch out when dealing with Daniel Jones. And finally, my fifth overall quarterback for Dynasty Rookie Rankings is Ryan Finley, round four, pick two to the Cincinnati Bengals. How much faith do the Bengals actually have in Dalton, especially with the coaching change? So Marvin Lewis is no longer there. So is the um, allegiance to Andy Dalton necessarily as strong as it was? He could have a chance at starting if Dalton stumbles out of the block or if injury occurs. So, um, you know, just some, some things in Dalton's hands that could swing whether or not Ryan Finley plays immediately or not. Now, Ryan Finley's strengths are he's a full-field reader with experience in pro-style passing attacks, good pocket poise to counter and defeat blitz-happy defenses. He throws receivers away from lurking defenders. He's an accurate deep ball passer who floats it into the basket with proper touch. His weaknesses are a game manager with disappointing touchdown rate as a passer. Average release and arm strength will make for tighter NFL throwing windows and poor decisions when under duress lead to red zone interceptions as a starter. Boy, some of that sounds a lot like what they already have, doesn't it? So, uh, you know, once again, my top five dynasty rookie quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Ryan Finley rounds out my top five. Now let's go on to the running backs. And number one at running back, and really my number one overall dynasty pick, is Josh Jacobs, round one, pick 24 to the Oakland Raiders. The news of Corell just strengthens that assessment for me. Uh, He has a path to be the clear starter for day one for the Raiders. Now, Doug Martin, to me, is just insurance. And due to the depth at Alabama, he does not have the typical workload that previous Alabama running backs have had coming out of college. So that works in his favor for those that think he might be overworked like previous Alabama running backs. His strengths are that he's built like you want with a low center of gravity and sturdy frame. He's patient but decisive on outside zone runs. He's got footwork for controlled cuts and tight quarters. Good effectiveness as a pass catcher, so it highlights his ability to do it all. So even though Jalen Richard is going to be a pass catching option for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs does have that in his tool belt. His weaknesses are he might not not have enough speed to hit the home run. A low percentage of explosive carries in his time as the Alabama running back. Struggles to slow, gather, and cut beyond the second level. So um, he may not be that breakaway type of running back, but to me, if you're getting a lot of work, you're assisting in the pass game, and you have the ability to score touchdowns, I'll take that formula, which is why he's my number one overall dynasty player as far as rookies are concerned going into the drafts this season. 
Number two, I've got Miles Sanders, round two pick 21 from the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't forget, this guy was a top 25 overall prospect nationally when he signed to Penn State after winning Pennsylvania's Mr. Football in 2015. Problem was, he had to sit behind a generational type of back in Saquon Barkley. He showed that he is a complete dual threat back last year as a second team all Big Ten selection. Now Sanders' strengths are he's built like an NFL runner with well-defined lowers and loose hips. He's got the footwork to probe and dart around early traffic. He creates through elusiveness and power. And he's got the lateral agility for slick side door exits. So if he sees a rush or anything coming that could be problematic, he has the ability to get out of that quick with his movement. His weaknesses are he can get too cute in holes at times, which prevents him from gaining the yards that are in front of him. He has no home run, home run speed in open field situations, and his ball security appears to be an issue. Now, it seems like the Eagles really like him a lot, and even though they have Jordan Howard, there's not a long-term investment. So if I'm a running back needy dynasty team, and uh, Josh Jacobs is obviously gone, Miles Sanders and the gentleman I'm going to speak of next are two that I would highly consider with that second overall pick, depending on team structure. Third, I've got David Montgomery, round three, pick 10, Chicago Bears. It's telling that a team with low draft capital after the Khalil Mack trade last year invested their first pick into the running back position. NFL draft prospect evaluators list him as one of the safest runners in the draft with a desirable combination of size, vision, toughness, and creativity. His strengths are compact frame is built for the rigors of this type of work. He's a patient runner with plus vision up to the second level. He's got adequate agility to elude one tackler and then punish the next. Takes care of the football and rarely fumbles. So the concern we have for Miles Sanders is a strength for David Montgomery. Now here's his weaknesses. He's had a heavy workload over the last two seasons. He, like Josh Jacob, had a low number of explosive carries during his career. So not that game breaker that one would possibly hope for. He makes a tackler miss, but doesn't have the juice to get away from the next one. So more than likely, he's not going to break any long tackles and probably will get caught if he's in the second level uh, outrunning that first maybe tackler and the linebacker. If one's right behind him, more than likely he might catch him. But boy, the Bears investing in him. Uh, Mike Davis really isn't what I would call a natural workhorse per se. I think they want to keep Cohen as that game breaker, pass catcher uh, type of running back. So I don't see his increased workload as far as the running game happening. So that leaves David Montgomery in a plum spot to be a producer, not only in year one, but for the next couple of years to come in that Chicago offense that looked very explosive last year at times. Pick four, I've got Devin Singletary, round three, pick 11, Buffalo Bills. Now this pick has a fair amount to do with not only production, but where he landed. This team that he went to in the Buffalo Bills has one of the older running back cores in the NFL with Shady McCoy and Frank Gore. And who knows, with the acquisition they made of TJ Yeldon, Shady McCoy could possibly be out of Buffalo. Now Singletary truly opened eyes in 2017 when he led the nation in touchdowns with 32 rushing touchdowns. Let me say that again. In 2017, he led the nation with 32 rushing touchdowns. In that same year, he was tied for fourth with 301 carries and fourth with 1,920 yards. Strengths for him are high-end production seems to follow him. He's a touchdown monster, if we couldn't tell by that one year alone, with vision and power near the goal line. Twitchy footwork for instant stop-start capability. Route separation to threaten out of the backfield. So this guy sounds like he has the complete package and his landing spot could lead him into early production. I mean, you've got an early, I'm sorry, a young quarterback. Why not pair him with a young game-breaking type of running back that could produce near the goal line, out of the backfield, wherever you need him? Weaknesses are that he has close to 600 contact-filled touches over the last two seasons. Excessive cuts will be met with earlier tacklers from swarming NFL defenders. And he rarely keeps runs play side and looks for early cuts. So sounds like he's ready to, to make a jump and, and try to make a play instead of letting the play develop in front of him. And my fifth running back in Dynasty rookie ranking is Daryl Henderson, round three, pick six to the LA Rams. With the recent news coming out about Todd Gurley, he could be 
part of a more committee type approach early, which uh, I didn't think we would say uh, when dealing with Todd Gurley. Add to that the early investment into the position, it looks favorable for him. He was an Associated Press First Team All-American 2018, finishing second in the country with a little over 1,900 rushing yards and 22 touchdowns on only 214 carries. That's almost a nine-yard per average clip there. Strengths for Henderson are that he's a home run hitter, and that doesn't even begin to describe his explosive production. Average 8.9 yards per carry over his last 344 attempts, which is ridiculous to read back. 43 carries of 15-plus yards and 11 total touchdowns of 54-plus yards in 2018 alone. And he's used on drop-off and screens out of the backfield. Weaknesses, he comes in a little smaller than desired uh, package for an early down back, sees what is there rather than what is developing, and he may not offer pass protection value on third down. So that could limit him being a true workhorse, but if they truly want to limit Gurley's productions... This almost sounds like a David Johnson type of role when he first got into the league. Doesn't need more than a couple touches to be a game breaker, which shows his value in not only real, but fantasy circles. So once again, my top five running backs for Dynasty 2019 rankings, Josh Jacob, <coughs> excuse me, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, and Daryl Henderson. And now let's go ahead and move on to the wide receivers. At number one for my wide receiver dynasty rankings, I've got Nikhil Harry, round one, pick 32, New England Patriots. Can't ask for a better landing spot than playing with the greatest of all time in Tom Brady. There is a need for a bigger receiving threat after Gronk's retirement and Josh Gordon's uncertainty. He became a go-to weapon immediately upon entering at Arizona State, so he's been used to being the guy on a team. His strengths as a wide receiver, consistently productive over three seasons. He uses his hands to swat coverage jam and release from press. Wins jump balls with well-timed leaps and frame to shield the finish. Strong hands and well-respected ball skills. Now his weaknesses are downhill speed fails to threaten most cornerbacks. Feet not quick enough in stutter release versus press. He suffered from a few focus drops headed into traffic. Now, while his speed may be an issue, when you've got a quick twitch player like Julian Edelman on the other side, and you've got a running back like James White that can uh, spread and keep defenses honest, this guy looks like he could be a red zone threat and make those tough plays that not only move the change, but give Tom Brady a great option in the red zone. Number two, I've got Paris Campbell, round two, pick 27, Indy Colts. I personally love the landing spot for Campbell. There's not a huge investment in Funchess long-term. I see him as a long-term solution alongside T.Y. Hilton. And last year, he was first-team All-Big Ten as a senior with a split of 90 receptions, 1,063 yards, and 12 touchdowns and 14 starts. The strengths for Paris Campbell are his track speed to scare safeties and corners. So, boy, imagine having to defend T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell on both sides of the ball. Somebody's going to get burnt somewhere. He generates separation on all three levels. He has high-end potential with ball with the ball in his hands. And he has the acceleration to split tacklers with speed and to defeat angles and then take it to the house. His weaknesses are jet sweep and catch and run specialist with still much to learn as far as being a complete wide receiver. He's got a limited experience with the route tree and downfield looks. And his catch focus will need continued work. But if you provide Andrew Luck two speed demons on the outside, good luck being a cornerback covering that defense. At number three, I have the aforementioned DK Metcalf, round two, pick 32, Seattle Seahawks. It sounds like I'm repeating myself, but this is another example. I absolutely love this landing spot for Metcalf. Doug Baldwin seems sure to be retiring, leaving Tyler Lockett as the one in the receiving core. And only David Moore, Jerron Brown is the competition. So those really don't scare me as people that are going to necessarily fend off Metcalf uh, even from starting immediately. He may have one skill, but that can become a huge weapon, especially when Russ scrambles and looks downfield. Metcalf's strengths are as follows. Uncommon but highly coveted height, weight, and speed traits. He has a blend of physical tools to work all three levels of the field. He can wipe out coverage cushions with top-end speed that takes the top off of a defense. And he should take a big leap forward with an expanded route tree and coaching to go with it. 
Now, his weaknesses are that he rushes through pattern ingredients rather than developing their flavors as a route chef. He fails to sell route fakes to manipulate his opponent. And his drop rate is too high over the past two seasons. So coming out of the draft, he was looked at as a one-trick pony with just pure downfield speed as a deep threat. But like I said, in that type of offense, when Russell Wilson needs a big play to be made when he's scrambling outside of the pocket, this could be a guy that he covets. And as he develops his route tree, he could become a big red zone threat since they don't really have a tight end to speak of either. So this guy's going to stand out just as a weapon based on his unique size for that entire receiving core and tight end core. At number four, I've got Marquise Brown, round one, pick 25, Baltimore Ravens. Now, Dan and I both believe that Lamar Jackson can get better as a passer, but what if they decide to stay run heavy? Can any pass catcher actually be a fantasy star in this offense? He excelled in his junior season, receiving first-team All-Big 12 and first-team All-American notice from the Associated Press with a stat line of 75 receptions for 1,318 yards, averaging a robust 17.6 yards per reception with 10 touchdowns. His receiving yardage total ranked him in the top 10 nationally, and he has great bloodlines with a relationship to Antonio Brown. His strengths are that he plays with all-day energy and terrifying top-end speed. He's able to play inside as a playmaker or outside as a field stretcher, easy burst quickness to separate out of breaks, and can turn short throws into touchdowns. His weaknesses are that he's painfully thin, and his frame falls below typical minimum standards, ineffective working into the teeth of coverage, not a 50-50 ball winner. One of the immediate comparisons that I thought of when dealing with this guy is Deshaun Jackson. And remember, early in his time in Philadelphia, he was a top 10 fantasy option because all he needed was that one game breaker. So this would be a great guy to look at in best ball immediately. Um, Just have to see how Lamar Jackson develops. I just like the situation for the others above him. But this guy obviously has big time game breaking ability. And at number five, I've got Deontay Johnson, round three, pick two of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Once again, this is a lot about where he landed. Pittsburgh has been great in developing wide receivers lately. With Juju moving into the wide receiver one role, it's up to James Washington, Dante Moncrief to fill in the two. If either of those stumble in front of him, Johnson become a threat sooner than later in one of the better offenses in the league. Johnson's strengths are his big-time playmaking potential. He has lookout talent with a ball in his hands. Electric feet for sharp route cuts. Early acceleration creates early route leads. His weaknesses are his play strength is below average. Contested catches could be a problem for him at the next level. And he has issues pulling in balls outside of his frame. So right now it looks like you're throwing it right around him or else it may go past him and fall as an incompletion. So once again, my top five wide receivers in Dynasty Rookie Rankings. Number one, Nikhil Harry, followed by Paris Campbell. DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, and Deontay Johnson. Now let's close out the conversation by going over my top five tight ends. At number one, I have TJ Hawkinson, round one, pick eight to the Detroit Lions. He was the John Mackey Award winner in 2018 as the nation's top tight end. He led the Iowa Hawkeyes team with 49 catches for 760 yards and six touchdowns. And this university has produced some of the most effective tight ends in recent years with Dallas Clark, George Kittle and his soon-to-be-named teammate. Um, So there is that pedigree that they know how to build the tight end. Let's just hope that Detroit realizes how to use the tight ends and doesn't fumble like they did with Eric Ebron. Hawkinson's strengths are that he has burst upfield from stance, finding early separation in the steam. He runs leverage, sharp routes, and stacks tight coverage. He has intelligent use of frame to shield the catch point and sustains and finishes blocks when he gets locked in. His weaknesses are his high point attempts can be slightly mistimed, gets in a big hurry as a run blocker. Number two, I've got his teammate Noah Fant, round one, pick 20 of the Denver Broncos. He's viewed more as a receiving type of tight end, and that is a skill set that is widely valuable in fantasy circles. He has a clear path to playing immediately. Does the name Jeff Harriman scare you? I I didn't think so either. Fant's strengths are he's a mega athlete who excelled in triple jump, high jump, and basketball. He has the speed and play talent to work all areas of the field, has potential to become a nightmare cover near the end zone, and he has the speed to open it up and take off after the catch. His weaknesses are that he lacks grit and play strength necessary at the point of attack. 
You must learn how to adjust routes and fight through contact. Senses traffic and loses focus leading to drops. Number three, I've got Irv Smith, round two, pick 18, Minnesota Vikings. He has this in his blood as his dad was a former first round pick of the Saints in 1993. He's still raw as a player. He could be a great field stretcher and can block well. And with the news of Rudolph possibly being shipped out, he could be the lead dog in year one. His strengths are that he has good footwork to reach and secure the edge. He has a speed to create an immediate strain in the seam or downfield. He has an extensive collection of routes that took him to all areas of the field. And his hand strength to secure contested catches. Weaknesses are that his rounded routes allow coverages to shortcut the catch point. Feet are a little heavy getting into breaks, causing delays to open, and he rarely works back to the throw. Number four, I've got Jace Sternberger, round three, pick 12 to the Green Bay Packers. Sternberger comes from an athletic family with father and mother, both great athletes in their day. He's a first-team All-SEC player last year with the Texas A&M Offensive MVP, setting team highs with 48 receptions, 832 yards, and 10 touchdowns in 13 games. And with Jimmy Graham on his last legs, he could be valuable sooner than later. Sternberger's strengths are he's a talented route runner with no wasted steps, excellent hand-eye for smooth grabs on the run without breaking stride, runs his routes like a big receiver, athleticism and route savvy could create matchup issues. Weaknesses are that he's slightly undersized, run blocking isn't where it needs to be, and rot bullies can throw him off his timing and make his focus off. And the final tight end in my rankings is Drew Sample, round two, pick 20, Cincinnati Bengals. While the team has CJ Uzama, who's okay, the Bengals used high draft capital to find another tight end in Sample. Coaches seem to like his blocking more than his pass catching abilities, but that will at least get him on the field early. Dalton does like his tight end, so if Dalton stays on the field, he could find using Sample early, and that could pay dividends. His strengths are a good initial speed into routes, sharpens focus despite body or hand traffic near the catch point, hands are supple and short as a pass catcher, uses good technique and placement with hands as a run blocker. Weaknesses are that his routes are a little monotone and predictable, production as a pass catcher has been limited. And, you know, it looks like they're maybe thinking that he's going to play more as a run blocker. But, you know, uh, Azama, like I said, doesn't scare me. So he could find himself as a weapon earlier uh, than maybe even the Bengals thought. So once again, my tight end rankings are TJ Hawkinson at one, followed by Noah Fant, Irv Smith, Jay Sternberger, and Drew Sample to round out the top five. So once again, really appreciate the information that the NFL Draft Tracker on the prospect sites gave me. Those are where I got my strengths and weaknesses. Like I said, I use those with the combination of landing spot and research to do my top five rankings at each position. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and have some fun and get into a full point PPR mock draft. Time to mock. What did you say? And as always here on the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, our go-to application and site for all things mock draft is the Sleeper app. Uh, we're big fans, and we've used this since day one. Anytime we've done a draft of any sort, we use this. We're going to use this at our League of Record draft to do our live draft. I'm getting ready to participate in a Dynasty Startup League where we are going to run the league specifically through this draft. So anytime we do anything draft-related, it is the Sleeper app. We can't speak any higher of this. And the way this draft is going to work is it is a 10-team full PPR mock draft, 15 rounds, and the rosters are as follows. One quarterback, two running backs, three wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, which could be running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, defense, and five bench spots. Now, before I go ahead and start, I'm going to randomize the draft order, and it looks like I'm going to be picking out of the number two spot. So I'm just going to be doing my picks. I'll speak about those, and I'm going to be drafting against the computer. So without further ado, let's go ahead and begin this mock draft. So number one was Saquon Barkley, and that leaves uh, the next pick to me. 
And to me, this is a guy that I love having in my uh, Dynasty League that I participate in with uh, my co-host Dan. Uh, just set the record for receptions by a running back. He's a true workhorse. Looks like he's been adding the muscle to take on even more uh, punishment if needed as a runner. And my pick at the number two spot is going to be Christian McCaffrey. It looks like three. We've got Zeke Elliott, followed by DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Alvin Kamara in the sixth spot, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and rounding out the first round is Melvin Gordon. Picking up in the second round, we've got Joe Mixon, followed by Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Nick Chubb, Travis Kelsey, and now we're back to me. So I've already started with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, looking at the picks available, uh, their best available running backs, David Johnson. We've got James Conner, Le'Veon Bell. If I look at the wide receivers, we've got Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Green. I normally like having a an elite wide receiver. Um and I feel like I can get a running back that I'm really going to like here. And while I wouldn't necessarily consider him elite per se, he is a PPR type of wide receiver. So I'm going to pick Keenan Allen as my second pick here in the PPR mock draft. And then to close out, it was Amari Cooper. And starting in the third round, we've got David Johnson. So I'm in between picks like Stefan Diggs, A.J. Green, uh, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell. And I'm just going to believe in Le'Veon Bell's skill set. When healthy, he was one of the top overall running backs in fantasy football. I believe he is going to come back and be a workhorse. And I believe he's going to catch a fair amount of passes as Sam Darnold looks to dump off the ball to one of the better playmakers in the NFL when he's been on the field. So I'm going to pair Christian McCaffrey with Le'Veon Bell to round out my starting running back core. And the rest of the third round goes A.J. Green, Stephon Diggs, George Kittle going ahead of Zach Ertz as far as tight ends are concerned, James Conner, Kenny Galladay, Sony Michelle, Brandon Cooks, and Adam Thielen rounds out the top ten. In the third round, as far as the fourth round is concerned, we've got T.Y. Hilton, followed by Carrion Johnson, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Robert Woods, Darius Geis, which seems interesting, Patrick Mahomes, okay, I could see that, but you have to watch with uh, Tyreek Hill news, and Baker Mayfield. So it's interesting that the computer picks have two quarterbacks going this early in the fourth round. Next pick, uh, I'm probably going to go wide receiver. And they've got DJ Moore, Corey Davis, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley. But one that I'm staring at that the coaching staff has high hopes for to be the Larry Fitzgerald type of role for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to take a flyer on Chris Godwin as my fourth round pick. It's followed by Allen Robinson. And to start the fifth round, we've got Zach Ertz. And it's back to my pick. And I've got, once again, DJ Moore, Corey Davis, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley. Um, some of these wide receivers, not super impressive right now. Tight end still seems a little too early. I'm definitely not looking yet at a um, quarterback. Um, so maybe let's switch gears and go to the running backs. We've got Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Derek Henry, you know what? I was not a fan of this guy last year, but it doesn't look like the Colts have done much outside of maybe Spencer Ware. And I did like how Mack was producing. Let's go ahead and choose Marlon Mack, who could slot right into my flex position immediately. And after my pick in the fifth round, we've got Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Andrew Luck, Corey Davis, Deshaun Watson, Philip Lindsay and Calvin Ridley to round out the fifth round. Picking up in the sixth round, we've got Tariq Cohen, Josh Jacobs, first rookie. Uh, OJ Howard is the third pick in the sixth round. Damian Williams, Sammy Watkins, Aaron Rodgers. So, boy, a lot of early quarterbacks. I would not expect that to be the norm in really many leagues. Devontae Freeman 
and Jarvis Landry. And that leaves me with my pick, ninth pick in the sixth round. I definitely want to look at wide receiver here. Uh, if O.J. Howard would have fallen, I, I might have considered him. But I definitely need to start building some wide receiver depth. Um, pretty heavy and set on the running back. So I think I can remove myself from looking there for a little while. And I'm going to go with Mike Williams, who you know had 10 touchdowns last season. Should be a bigger part of this. But you know, the more I think of it, do I really want two chargers that early? We've got Will Fuller, Alshon Jeffrey, Dante Pettis. Yeah, you know what? I am going to go with Mike Williams because I can get another wide receiver here on the turn. So followed by Mark Ingram to close out the sixth round. And then Cortland Sutton was the first pick of the seventh round. And it's back to me. And as I'm looking through, uh, maybe a little early, but I don't know if he's going to make it back to me. Um, Tyler Lockett really looks like the job is his in Seattle as the number one wide receiver with Doug Baldwin's impending retirement. So I'm going to go ahead and grab Lockett to get another wide receiver on my team. After my pick, we've got Kareem Hunt, David Njoku, Rashad Penny, Evan Ingram, Tyler Boyd, Alshon Jeffrey, Russell Wilson, and Hunter Henry to close out the seventh round. Pick up in the eighth round, Jared Goff, Christian Kirk, Tyreek Hill. And once again, this is a computer pick, so uh, I, I don't know if he'll be drafted per se. Carson Wentz, Tevin Coleman, Kenyon Drake, Will Fuller, Dante Pettis, and it falls back to me. Um, feel pretty good at running back. There was a little bit of a tight end run. Um, still feel okay with some of the options there. There are some good values at running back that are sitting in my lap with Chris Carson. Um, quarterback, still have a fair amount of quarterbacks that I like, so I'm not going to go there just yet. Hmm. I think I might take Chris Carson. That value is too favorable to just leave sitting there. And it was followed by Cam Newton. Jarek McKinnon was the first pick in the ninth round. And I'm going to go ahead and get one more wide receiver. And then I'm probably going to start addressing other positions. And I am going to take... Hmm. There's Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, Sterling Shepard, Robbie Anderson, Marvin Jones... I think I'm going to take Golden Tate. Uh, I know it's probably a little early, but I want to make sure I get him. Uh, to me, he should be the one option in that offense. Um, should catch a fair amount of balls. I mean, that's what he's known for. And so I'll add Golden Tate as my next wide receiver on the team as my second pick in the ninth round. And that pick was followed by Royce Freeman, Miles Sanders, Nikhil Harry, David Montgomery, Chicago Bears defense. There's always one team that will reach for defenses early. A.J. Brown, Eric Ebron, and Jordan Howard finish out the ninth round. Tenth round starts with Sterling Shepard of the Giants, James White, Lamar Miller, Anthony Miller, D.K. Metcalf, Robbie Anderson, Matt Breda, and James Washington. And let's go ahead and look at tight end here. And all the rookies still seem to be there. Austin Hooper had a good year. I think I can wait a little bit longer. I think at this point I'm going to take Matt Ryan. I just like the weapons that are around him. And we're getting into the double-digit rounds. And, uh, you know, this guy has all the weapons to be successful. So I'm going to choose Matt Ryan as my quarterback. That was followed by Jimmy Garoppolo. So this computer player has Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterbacks. Followed that up with Dallas Goddard as the first pick of the 11th round. And for tight end, I'm going to pair Matt Ryan with Austin Hooper. I think he can build on the year that he had last year and be even a more improved weapon for the Atlanta Falcons. After my pick, it was Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Los Angeles Rams, Lamar Jackson, Ronald Jones, Kiki Kuti, Michael Gallup, and Marvin Jones. Start of the 12th round. I'm glad I picked Matt Ryan where I did because he saw another little run. Kirk Cousins, followed by Miko Hardman, rookie from Kansas City. Dak Prescott, Marquise Brown, Baltimore Ravens, Ido Smith, D.D. Westbrook, Jacksonville Jaguars. 
So if we look right now, I've got one, two, three, four, what I think are really good running back options. That's the strongest part of my team. My wide receivers are okay. They're going to be more pass catchers, and I don't know about necessarily touchdown producers. So if I look at the wide receivers, there's a guy that I like in Paris Campbell, Valdez Scantling, John Brown, Curtis Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman. I mean, I don't know if it's just because of where Sleeper has him ranked, but Julian Edelman is just screaming for me to pick him. So at this point, I'm going to pick Julian Edelman. He was followed by Paris Campbell and Houston Texans defense. And let's go ahead and see here. I normally don't do this, but I think it's my last pick. I want to get a second tight end, a guy that I think is going to be an, in more involved part of the Steelers' offense. I'm going to compare Austin Hooper with Vance McDonald, and if one of them gets really hot and shows that he can be a consistent playmaker, I can drop one or the other to free up the bench spot. So that leaves me with just defense and kickers to pick yet on my team. So after my pick in the 13th round, pick two, I've got Duke Johnson, Trey Burton, Naeem Hines, Doug Baldwin, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Cowboys defense. 14th round, Sebastian Janikowski, which is, you could tell that Sleeper's still waiting to get a lot of their updates to their player rankings here because I believe he retired recently. Denver Broncos defense, Vikings defense, Drew Brees, Aldrich Rojas, Rosas, Robbie Gold, Los Angeles Chargers defense, and Kyle Forbath. So I'm down to defense and kickers. And as a defense, I've got the Browns, the Saints, the Eagles. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Browns defense. I like what they've been doing to shore that area up. And my last pick is a kicker, and I'll take Greg the Leg. So the final round was Jay Ajayi, Greg Zerline, Gronkowski. They just haven't gotten him out of the rankings yet at Sleeper. Matt Prater, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Debo Samuel, Austin Eckler, Mason Crosby, Steven Goskowski, and the last pick is John Brown. So let's go ahead and take a look at my final roster. I've got Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson as my running backs. I really like my running backs there. I feel like that's easily my strongest point. A lot of pass catchers and workhorses for that uh, their prospective team, so I like where I'm at there. As far as wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams of the Chargers, Tyler Lockett, Golden Tate, and Julian Edelman. So I feel like I have the ability to get a lot of pass catches out of there. Touchdowns could be lacking, but I'm hoping that because it's a PPR league, I can make up that difference with a ton of receptions. Tight end, I want Austin Hooper and paired with Vance McDonald, so I, I punted and waited, but I'm okay with those two options. Like I said, Austin Hooper showed in a down year that he could be a top 10 type of tight end, and I really do think Vance McDonald is going to be a more integrated part of the Steelers' offense with the removal of Brown and Bell out of the offense. My quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, this is what I love, is waiting on quarterbacks, and you get somebody that can be an MVP type of player in Matt Ryan. Ended up with the Cleveland Browns defense and Greg Zerloin to round it out. So once again, my clear strength is at running back. Uh, if I can get the receptions out of this team, I'd be fairly happy with this team. Just got to make sure I'm getting the touchdowns. But, you know, maybe I'll put this team out there on Twitter. Get your feedback on my uh, PPR draft. Once again, 10-team league only on the Sleeper app. Can't get better than this app for running leagues, doing mock drafts. You know, when we do our League of Record draft, I have the ability to place everybody's keeper in the exact round and position that they want to keep them in. So that way, those players are out of the queue. Uh, makes for a really good option if you like doing live drafts as well, but don't want to buy any draft boards or anything of that nature. And with that in mind, we've gone through the news and notes. We've gone through the Rookie Dynasty rankings, and we've just done a mock draft. Let's go ahead and close up the show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. We love interacting with everybody on there. Twitter's been great. Instagram's been great. Feel free to follow, reach out, communicate. We love interacting with every one of you. Email nottakesff at gmail.com. Feel free to email us any comments, concerns, questions, feedback. We like hearing from you, and we will respond and take your feedback to make the show 
the best that we possibly can? Visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF. That's A N C H O R dot FM forward slash N O T T A K E S F F. You can listen to us there. You can follow and interact with us there. Best thing is, is you've got direct links to every platform that we're available. So if you have a specific platform that you like, you can find the 12 links. We're on 12 different platforms. And then that way you get the ability to subscribe. So that way you never miss a show. For those that listen on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment, rate, review, and subscribe. If you could give us that rating, if you could provide us a little blurb about what you like on the show, we would love to hear from that. really helps us out, makes our visibility when people search for our podcast even better. And we can't thank you guys enough for anybody that has already done that. But if you're on any other platform, make sure to subscribe. That way you get each show. As you know, right now we're doing one a week. Uh, in the off season, but we're quickly approaching on when we get back to three episodes a week. So make sure to hit that subscribe so you don't miss anything. And since Dan's not here, let me give a shout out to his brother, Tom. He created our intro song that you hear and the song that carries us out that's called Ama. He makes great music. He did it all by himself, produced, recorded. Uh, He's that dude, Tom, on SoundCloud. So if you like that type of music, feel free to give him a follow. Tom, we really appreciate all the support. Got a lot of things in the hopper. Like I said, I'm getting ready to do a Dynasty startup, so eventually we're going to do an episode on that. We've got best ball discussion coming up. When Dan gets back from his travel, we'll circle back, get the episode planned out, and we'll be coming to you guys soon. Until then, hope you all have a good rest of the week and weekend, and we will talk to you guys later. Later.